You're listening to Compassion Church Dixon Podcast. I want to be serious today. I really want to dig a little deeper. And I want to begin to ask this church some questions. Because I believe that we're experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon not only our nation, but across the world. It's not just Kentucky at a little college called Asbury University. It's not just there. I believe that God is willing and he is able to pour out his spirit upon us if we are open to his pouring out. Amen? And I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your theology is. Sometimes when people hear the words pour out his spirit, they're like, I don't know about that freaky deaky stuff. My grandma said, well, who cares what your grandma said? I love your grandma, but my grandma said, come on. But what I have to do is go back and go, okay, what does Joel chapter two say? What happened in the book of Acts? What begins to shift and happen when God wants to begin to do some things in the lives of the people who are falling on their face before them? I'd heard a, a testimony of, of the guy who had preached uh, the, the sermon that started the revival. I actually went back and watched the sermon. Go back and watch it. Really what he's talking about is the love of God and repentance. That's what he's talking about. And it, it hit me, it struck me because I thought that's how I came to Christ. I came to Christ because a man was preaching about the love of God and repentance. And I thought, my goodness, there was a spark that began to happen. There's a fire that's there. And here's the testimony. That service was dismissed. And someone come up and said, guys, I just feel like God is saying to Terry. If y'all don't know what that means, it means to stay. To just stay in the presence of God. And about 20 of those Asbury University students stayed and tarried in the presence of God and has now sparked a revival all the way across the nation and the world. Come on, church. So let me ask you a question today. What causes a fire? It's a spark. Pull that picture up on the screen. Just leave it up just for a moment. This is is pretty amazing, right? Eliza Crawford, a student at Asbury, is doing an art project of all the visitors who came to Asbury these past two weeks to encounter Jesus. Now, this right here, it's a terrible picture, to be honest with you, because it's spread out, and I'm so sorry. You make it see it better on the bottom. Look at all of these people from around the world that are coming to a place to experience the presence and the power of God. But here's what I want to remind everybody today. You don't have to get a van load of people. There's nothing wrong with it, but you don't have to get a van load of people and drive up into Kentucky to Asbury University to get in the presence of a mighty God, the mighty God that we serve. Come on, somebody. All you have to do is have a willing heart. You can pull that off the screen if you want to. Do you know why there's a fire blazing in Kentucky? Do you want to know why there is a fire blazing across the nation and different universities? I'm going to tell you, if anybody needs this revival, it's the Gen Z. It's it's this generation that has started this revival, church. We're not going to let this go. A lot of people's like, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to preach on all that because everybody's preaching on it. No, I'm going to preach on it. If you've heard me preach the last three months, you know this is in my veins. This is, this is something that's, that's in me. 
But, but this, this fire is spreading across the nation and across the world right now from a little spark that happened in a college chapel session. And the question is why? How? How did it happen? Because people are feeding the fire. There was a spark. And when that spark hit, it caught flame on some little 19, 20-year-old girl or boy. And it caught on to another little 19, 20, 21-year-old girl or a boy. And here they are now weeping and sobbing and laying before God days in and days out, 24 hours of day, no agenda, just getting in to the presence of God. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20 says this, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Where there's no wood, the fire goes out. Now, in context, you got to go back and read that because it's talking about uh, gossip and all kinds of stuff there. But let's just take it practical today. Where there's no wood, if you don't keep stoking that fire that is in your life, if you don't keep feeding the fire of God that's in your life, one day it will go out. And our prayer today should be this. Lord, revive me. Come on, can we say it together? Lord, revive me. Lord, revive me. That should be our prayer. Can I, can I bust your bubble just real quick? God doesn't bring revival. Well, look at God, boy. He just sees in a specific season in a specific way. No, I promise you, if you want revival in your personal life today, get over yourself. Get rid of the sin that's in your life, or at least be willing to get rid of the sin that's in your life. Get over your will and your call and your purpose for your very own life. Fall before an almighty God, and I promise you, without a shadow of a doubt, you will experience revival. God doesn't bring revival. We do. We do. So the questions become, what's our play? What's our play as a church? What's our play as individuals? What's our role in all of this? Is our role to sit back and watch and just look on YouTube and go, yeah, boy, they sure are. They in the presence of God down there at Asbury University. Hey, honey, I heard it's over at Lee University now. Hallelujah. Is, is that our play or is it our play? Because a lot of people are doing this. Don't get me on my high horse or my soapbox because I could get there real quick today. Uh, a lot of people are looking and critiquing. Yeah, I don't know if that's real. That's just a bunch of emotionalism, and I can't believe that they're leading these people. Can you believe that they're out there in front of the college laying hands on people, and people are speaking in tongues and all this other kind of, I can't believe. Is it our job to cr critique or to give opinion or to, to, to maybe just wish that this would come to our community with no action? Oh, God. We want that to happen in Dixon, God. Well, come on, come to prayer meeting. No, I got a ball game. Can't go to prayer meeting. Hold on just a second. See, because I believe that God meets us at our level of expectation. I'm expecting with everything on the inside of me for something to shift and happen to where this specific community gets on fire for God in a way that we've never been on fire for God. I'll be honest with you. I was starting a sermon series, and you'll probably see the graphics and everything. It's called Road to Easter because we're, we're just several weeks away from Easter. Ain't that crazy? Like eight, 
Six weeks or something, four weeks. But anyway, I, I was going to start this sermon series and do that, and I felt a prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, you can run whatever graphic you want, but you be led by me. So I don't know what I'm preaching next week. I have no idea what I'm preaching next week, but God knows what I'm preaching next week, and I am expecting a move of God and an outpouring of his Holy Spirit in this area, just like it is happening all across America. So I want to take you back. I want to take you back to August the 21st of 2022. August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Six months ago, I want to take you back. Check this video out. I want to take you back. You tell me what God can do in Dixon, Tennessee. Because whatever we set that expectation at, that's what God is going to do in Dixon, Tennessee and the surrounding area that we are in. And I am praying for a supernatural revival and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's going to wreck everybody, every skeptic out there. The Holy Spirit is going to wreck their world and pour himself out on them. And we're going to experience a move of God like never before. Never before. That's what I believe. Come on. Do y'all believe that? Do you believe that? Come on, if you, if you believe that, we have to open ourselves up to actually receive what we're believing for. You know, we could just skate over this. Or we could get around some of our people like James and Melissa Stevens and Barry and Janet and all of our other people who are leading this generation on a Wednesday night and say, hey, can I be part? Or we're going to pull some of those kids. I, I talked to one of them at, at Xander's the other night at a little restaurant. One of our students is working up there, and I pulled him aside, and I said, what do you think about what's going on? He said, oh, man, I'm excited. I said, you know what I'm excited about? I think you guys ought to come and join us in prayer meeting one night. And I think y'all ought to lead us a little bit. And y'all lead the prayer, and y'all lead all of the other things, because I believe that God is his hand on this generation that the devil thought he had. Come on. I think, it's, I think it's funny. I think it's funny. Who's that guy? Sam Smith? Was that him? Little devilish guy on the Grammys or whatever it was. Got up there glorifying the devil. Come on. I didn't watch that crap, but if, I hope you can say crap in church. If you can't, I just said it. But... He got up there, but it was funny. The devil thought he had him. Look, the devil has this stage, this platform. Three days later, Asbury started. Three days later. And then I don't think that it is ironic that now there is a Jesus Revolution movie in the theaters all across America. We better jump on. We better jump on. What does 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 say? If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then turn from their wicked ways. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm trying to quote something. Right? Seek his face. Turn from our wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. So God gives us four things in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 that we've got to think about. The first one is this. You've got to humble yourself. This thing is not about us. This thing is not about us. 
One of the cool things that I like about Asbury is that there's, there's nobody getting any glory. There's, there's not a specific person getting glory. The only person getting glory is Jesus Christ. It's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's how you know that God is right in the midst of it. We have to humble ourselves. Can God do something like this? Listen, Jamie Grisham cannot uh, uh, lead a movement for Dixon, Tennessee. Jesus has to lead a movement for Dixon, Tennessee and the surrounding area. I'm, when I say Dixon, I'm saying our church and all the surrounding area that we reach, right? So what we have to do is humble ourselves. Jamie has to get out of the way. You gotta get out of the way. And then we house the presence of God. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? It has nothing to do with a university. It has everything to do with the individuals that's standing in the university. You gotta humble yourselves, then you gotta pray. You gotta pray, I don't know if you know this or not. Don't take this in a condemning way, but I've just gotta say it. You've gotta pray. We have a prayer meeting every Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Sacrifice your night. If you're in a group, we understand, but if you're not doing anything, drop your kids off, get in here, fall on your face and ask Jesus to begin a revival. Begin something. Come on, you know how many people we had this past week in our prayer meeting? It's gonna blow y'all's mind. Y'all ready? 22, maybe. You say, what? I was thankful for 22. I sat around and I said, God, start it with a remnant of people. No agenda, no order of service, just us and you. Just being in your presence, allowing you to convict us of our sins, allowing you to cleanse us. A lot of people, what they do, they try to clean themselves up and then come to Jesus. Stop, you're wasting your time. You can't clean yourself up. All I'm asking you to do is to position yourself in willingness to be cleansed by Jesus and put yourself in front of an almighty God and pray. You gotta humble yourself, you gotta pray. Then what do you gotta do? You gotta seek his face. You've got to seek his face. It's a four-step process. Actually, it's five if you add if, because if is a two-letter word that is so powerful. If, that means are you gonna make the decision? Are you gonna go all in for God or are you not gonna go all in for God? We are literally in a moment right now, you mark my word, we're in a moment right now that your grandchildren that hasn't even been born yet will talk about. Amen. We're in the moment. I don't wanna be the church or the leader of the church that goes, yeah, we're not gonna get caught up in all that stuff over there and that emotionalism stuff and I just don't know. <laughs> I don't wanna be that guy. I wanna be like, God, you know what? If this is you, we're gonna fall before you and we're gonna do everything that we can. We're gonna humble ourselves. We're gonna to begin to pray. We're gonna seek your face. And, and lo and behold, come on church, we have to turn from our wicked ways. I preached it the last time I preached a couple weeks ago, which by the way, Tommy preached last week and about preached me out of a job. Thanks, Tommy. Where you at? I mean, I almost, I almost wrote my resignation letter right then. Like my gosh. But you know, thank, thank God, but we've got to turn from our wicked ways. The last time I talked about it, here's what I said. I said, guys, we have to repent. We can't look like the world and try to reach the world. What makes you different than anybody else? What makes you different? Come on. Repentance, or, or let me say it like this. Revival follows repentance. You want revival in your life? Start repenting. Because revival follows repentance. Revival follows a heart that is after God. That's what revival does. If you would, I've got a picture real quick. I, I didn't share this in the first service. You guys may not be able to see this. I don't know, is Carl and Kobe in the room today? If you're in the room, just yell real quick. 
Okay, they're not, they're not in this service. Look, this is from Carl Blunt. He attends our church. I, w- I want to read through this just real quick. Asbury, the love of my life and I went yesterday. We wept. We cried out to God. We were convicted of sin. We repented. We laid down our lives to be used by God. We worshiped. We were overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. We soaked in God's goodness and love. And more often than not, tears replaced words. God is an incredible father to his sons and his daughters. We've prayed for revival. We've read about it. We've experienced some little pockets during our 30 years in ministry together. They lead a large ministry, by the way. But nothing like this. It's different. There's a deep desperation for God rather than the things of God. Let's read that again. There's a deep desperation for God rather than the things of God. God, if you never bless me again, I'll give you my whole life. God, if if your word says to be obedient in every area, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to sacrifice everything. I'm going to live a holy life. And if you never show up and you never speak to me, I'm going to split heaven wide open one day because I'm going to serve you with all of my heart. So you have a desperation for God, not for the things of God. See, some people, it's based on what God does for them if they serve God or not. Come on. It's it's based on, well, God, if you bless me, then I'll do this. No, he said, if my people will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then. In other words, when you get real, I'll get real with you. That's what God is saying. But he goes on, there's a deep desperation for God rather than the things of God. Radical humility, radical repentance, radical worship, radical transformation, Holy Spirit-led, Gen Z-driven, and like nothing we've ever been a part of. It stokes our souls to see God moving in power among this generation. God does what he wants, when he wants, where he wants, and he is raising up a young army of warriors. We need to pray for them. We need to support them and encourage them. And we need to cry out to God, begging him to spread this revival and awakening throughout our nation and the world. Jesus has always been and always will be the only answer. Let's drop everything else and run to him. Come on. Come on. Come on, we got to get hungry. We've got to get hungry. What does Matthew say? Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. It says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So look, if you're really wanting a move of God in your life, get hungry for a move of God. If you're thirsty, come to the well and drink. If you're hungry, come to the table and dine. So here's what we have to do. We've got to ask ourselves a bunch of questions as a church and as individuals. Do we actually have a holy expectation of a move of God in our city and amongst our community? Do we have an expectation or is this just something? Is this a fad? I was speaking to someone. I I was actually, I won't tell you where I was because it would probably tell who the person was, but I won't do that. And I'm just asking questions and I'm like, hey, it was just a a community business. And and I'm saying, hey, what do you think about Asbury? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And we begin to have a conversation. And then the person actually said, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, we're, we're what? 10, 12 days in, I mean, it'll it'll kind of fizzle out for too long. Really? You know, the only way it'll fizzle out, man, I'm I'm really serious when I say this, and I don't want to say this in a way that you go, oh my gosh, but I think we're in an end time outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's what I think. I think we're in an end time moment, an end time move. And you know, we can say it'll fizzle out, and it will in a lot of people. 
I really believe the people who are getting serious, they are going to experience the power of God like they've never experienced it before. And the critics and the people who are not getting serious are going to fall away and they're going to fall hard. Because the Bible does say in the end times, what's going to happen? There's going to be a great falling away. And people who proclaim to be Christians are no longer Christians. Or they proclaim to be Christians, but they don't act like it. Amen. Come on, do we have that holy expectation of a move of God in our city? Do we really think that God can do something in our towns, in our families? Do we really think that God can stir and move us in such a way that we will see what's happening in other places in America and across the world actually happen right in our midst? I was reminded this week of Numbers chapter 11, verse 23. Pull that one up just real quick. This is a good verse. Numbers eleven twenty-three. 23. God goes on to say, is there a limit to my power? Come on, is there a limit to my power? The Lord answered. He goes on and he says, you will soon see whether what I have said will happen or not. When he says that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. That's what's going to happen. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that. But you know how I preach. I, I've, I've got to talk about this just real quick because I think we have a huge problem. And our biggest problem is our small view of God. It's our small view of who God really is. He really is a God who can heal, set free, deliver, raise the dead. I know that we don't see those types of things anymore. We don't talk about signs and wonders and miracles, but God is still a signs and wonder and miracle thing. Those groups that tell you that miracles have ceased don't even believe in salvation. How can they? Because salvation is the greatest miracle that's ever happened. That's a miracle. To take a drug addict like me and raise me up to become a preacher, that is a miracle. That's a miracle. So we gotta, we gotta ask ourselves these questions. We gotta talk about that. Will we allow, now this one, this is gonna kinda get a little edgy and kinda up in your business. Look at your neighbor right now and say, not business, it's business, okay? He's about to get up in your business, okay? Listen. Will we allow holiness to come into our lives in a way like, ne like we've never experienced? Will we allow, and I, I understand, I'm 42 years old. I know I look 26, but I am. I'm 42 <laughs> years old. Me, let me cover my gray up, okay? I'm 40. <laughs> so, but holiness is something that has been so near and dear to me. Uh, I've struggled throughout my ministry time. I've struggled through my Christianity experience from time to time, I haven't always lived a holy life, but I've always I've strived to live a holy life. You know what I'm saying? We all make mistakes. I'm not saying to be perfect, but even Paul said to strive for perfection. There has to be this continual walk toward perfection, which is maturity. We know that that word perfection is actually maturity. And how we do that is by letting go of things that hold us back and push forward with things that are, that are pulling us toward God. So are we, are we willing to allow God to cleanse us from what we say? We, we quote 1 John 1, 9, God is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Right? If we confess our sins, right? He's faithful and just to cleanse us from all. But are we willing to allow God to cleanse us from all unrighteousness? 
Are we, allow, are we going to allow God to bring us into his presence in such a way to where it causes us to be that new man or that new woman? We, we don't struggle with the things that we used to struggle with. Now, where's my hope ladies at? Where's my hope ladies? Okay. All right. Now, raise your hand if you were part of the group of ladies that I talked to the other day at church. Right over here. Okay, so there's, there's the ladies. So these, these ladies come around uh, during the week, and I was walking down the hallway, and I see them. And, and one of the things, I told you that some people won't agree with this statement. Did I tell you that some people wouldn't agree with this statement? But here's what I told them. I said, you want to be freed from addiction? Go all in with Jesus. Is it that simple? Yes. Yes. If you really want to be freed, the reason people are not freed is because they stay tied. You, you can't have a chain on you of addiction or any other thing and, and look at Christ and feel because that chain, you can kind of move around, right? But when you really want to go far with Christ, it's going to stop you. See, but if you really fall in love with Jesus and allow God to take over your life, I promise you, just like Jesus delivered me from a drug addiction, he will deliver you from an addiction. He will deliver you from pornography. He will deliver you from sexual immorality. He will deliver you from all of those things. What's the difference? Getting real with Jesus getting holy. Some of us, we know what we're doing is not right, but we continue to do it. And then on the flip side, we expect God to continue to bless us. And when he don't, we quit God because of our unrighteous living. It's not good. First Peter chapter 1, 14 and 15. Let's read this together just real quick. As obedient children, say obedient. That's a, that's a huge word. As people who are obedient, not conforming yourselves to the former lust. In other words, the things that used to bring you down, you can't conform. You can't, the word conform means to be molded. You can't mold yourself around the former lust. Just because you used to be an addict or you used to be uh, whatever doesn't mean you still are that person. What you're doing when you say that out of your mouth is you're stepping back into the old mode. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. But as obedient children, Peter said, right? Don't conform yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance. In other words, Peter very gently said, don't be a dummy. Because there was a time where you were ignorant. You knew no better. That's what ignorance is. You just know no better. But when you finally have a revelation of what is better, you can't go back to the old person. If you go back to the old person, you're not the new man. Come on. Come on. Verse 15, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. I'll blow your mind because they don't have this one, but if you go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, they don't have this on the screen, but it says this. It says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, you can go back and read it in context, and I know you're probably saying, oh, he's just quoting one little verse. That's what they do. Them preachers get up there, and they cherry pick, and they make people feel bad. No, go back and read it in context, pull out commentaries, do all the theological uh, uh, studies and everything that you can do on it. Here's what it really means. Without holiness, without holy living, you will never see the Lord. Amen. And there's a gospel that's being preached. Don't get me on my soapbox. 
But there's this gospel that's being preached. Just turn your life over to God. Look, when you say a prayer and you don't mean the prayer, the words that you actually said, when you said, Lord, Jesus, would you become the Lord of my life? And then you go and make your own decisions. Jesus ain't the Lord of your life. You, you got hot breath coming up out you. That's it. And some of that hot breath, if you've ever been around somebody with hot breath, it stanketh. In the new, that's, a, that's a King James version right there. That breath stanketh. You got to think about it. It's time to get real. It's time to get serious with God. God, I want what they have. If you want what they have, you got to do what they've done. I heard T.D. Jace one time, he said, this little young guy come up to me and said, I want to be a preacher like you. And T.D. Jace just laughed at him in his face. <laughs> He's like, what? 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 And he said, boy, if you want the anointing that's on my life or the blessing that's on my life or whatever, number one, you're chasing the wrong things because God's created you to be you. But if you want what I have, you got to go through what I've been through. There's sacrifices along the way. If we want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we got to get real with Holy Spirit. I don't think that it was coincidental that Jesus said to his followers in Luke chapter 12, verse 35, keep your lamps burning. You got to keep your lamps burning. You got to keep stoking the fire of God in your life. Well, Pastor, how do, I, how do I do that? Have a daily walk with Jesus, not a once a week walk with Jesus. Attend prayer nights, prayer, prayer Wednesday night, 7 p.m., show up. I'm not condemning, nobody has to just show up, but I promise you, when you begin to show up and you get serious with God, God will start getting serious with you. What else could you do? Come every Sunday expecting a move of God. Every Sunday, when you show up, not just a move of God in your life, I want you to walk through those auditorium doors from now on. And I, if you pray in the Spirit, I want you to pray in the Spirit. If you're Baptist and you don't, it's okay. It's all right. Amen. Y'all hear? Because we love people that praise in the Spirit, and we love people that don't pray in the Spirit. It's all good, okay? But if you do, or if you don't, I want you to walk through those doors, and I want you to begin to speak declarations over this congregation, this service that you're in every week. Father, we pray that next week I'll have to give up my seat for a guest. I pray, Jesus, that there will be waiting lines outside of people coming in to receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray today that any sin be revealed that's in any life that is in this place so that people who are coming to this church will not just sit complacent and comfortable in their sin, but God, conviction will reign and rule over every person's life. Come expecting, come expecting, yeah, come on. Come expecting God to do something. Expect God to set you free. Expect God to move in your husband or your wife's life. Expect God to, to cause revival to happen in the lives of the teenagers in the Zen Z. Expectation. Come on. God is good. You've got to expect. He will meet us on the level of expectation. Stay standing. Stay standing. If you're already standing, go ahead and stand to your feet if you're not. God's in this place. We're just going to take a minute. And we're just going to allow God to move. Whatever he wants to do. We're going to tarry for a minute. Is that okay? We're just going to tarry. 
we're just going to say, God, I've heard your word. Now I'm going to respond to your word however you want me to respond. If that's coming and kneeling down at an altar, that's fine. If that's crying right there in your seat, crying in your seat. If that's standing there and asking God, God, is this real? Should this happen in my life? Whatever that looks like, let it be. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me pray for you just for a moment. Those of you that have sin in your life, active sin in your life, you know. You know without a shadow of a doubt you should not be doing those things. Raise your hand in the air right now. Nobody's going to judge you, condemn you. Do anything like that. We're going to pray for you today. Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. No hesitation. People are coming to Christ right now. Whether it be the first time or maybe you're just saying, I'm rededicating my life. I'm going all in for you today. Say this prayer with me. Everybody in the room, say it in agreement with the people who are making a great decision today. Say, Jesus, in this moment, I give you my life. I confess my sins. And I ask that you forgive me of my sins. And cleanse me of all unrighteousness. In this moment, I declare to the enemy that Jesus Christ is Lord in my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap today. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about Compassion Church Dixon, go to our website, CompassionDixon.Church. If you would like to become a monthly financial partner, go to our website and click Give. Join us on Sundays in person or online and be sure to follow us on social media. Also, be sure to share this episode with someone or online and tag us. Until next time.